I'm Gary. I'm Clark. And this is the Red Cedar Rundown, the self-proclaimed number one MSU football and basketball fan podcast. On this week's episode, we'll recap MSU's disappointing loss to Ohio State, look ahead to this week's game against Nebraska, and even throw a dash of basketball in and talk about MSU's victory over Florida Gulf Coast. Send us your comments, and we'll be sure to read them on the show. So how about that game, Gare? Let's hear your thoughts. You were there. I was there. That's true. And I don't remember being more disappointed in a coaching staff since John L. Smith, baby. Wow. That's... We learned a lot of things about this team. I think it's confirmed this defense is for real. Big time. You hit that spot on. I'd say elite. I would agree. I've been saying it the last couple weeks. I think it's confirmed they are an elite defense. And although Ohio State scored some points at the end, I think that was more strictly due to the turnovers by our offense. But the defense pretty much shut down the number one, number three offense in the country. Made them look, I would say, mediocre. I would agree from what I saw. I thought watching that game, I mean, obviously it was only 9-6 to six going into the fourth quarter, but I thought we had a chance to win the game. I predicted them to win. I, Based on the last few games, the way Michigan State's defense has played and the way that Ohio State's defense has played, I thought that we had a legitimate chance to win the game, and we should have. And once again, the coaching decision, specifically in regards to the quarterback, gave us no chance to win the game. You have to give our offense a chance to move the ball and score points. And with this current version of Brian Lewerke, our our offense has 0% chance of scoring points. When he was on the field, I legitimately knew we were going to go three and out or maybe get one first down, luckily. Quick scramble from Lewerke for a first down. Yeah. Yeah. Not a conventional first down. But I knew we were not going to get a first down with him throwing the ball. Maybe he got a couple. He had, he played maybe slightly better than the Michigan game, and that's not saying much. But when we don't have a running game, why on God's green earth do you start Lewerke when it's clear his velocity, accuracy, you name it? Rocky looked superior in every facet of quarterback play. Preach. Preach. It was legitimately, the whole crowd was clamoring from the get-go for Rocky to come into the there game. There were Rocky chants going Rocky on? Rocky chants after every play, I would say, for the offense. So it's not just us. No, the whole It's not just us. It was stadium. all Spartan Stadium. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So why we decided to waste almost two full quarters before we took Lewerke out is beyond me. What did I tell you? I told you that was going to happen. And if everyone, including everyone in the stadium, can see it so clearly, why can't the coaching staff? Yeah. Is loyalty making them that blind? That's the questions I have. And the other part that is upsetting to me is 
we wasted opportunities in that first quarter. We had the ball at the 35-yard line, yep, and we moved the ball two yards. Yeah, is that where we ended up kicking a field goal and missing it? Yep. Yep, that was terrible. It was embarrassing because they don't have a good defense. And then as soon as Rocky came in, they pinned us down within the 10-yard <laughs> line five times, so we couldn't even really see what Rocky could have offered. But that- that but last- at the beginning of the game, we had chance to gain momentum, and our defense was giving us all the momentum we needed. We were shutting them down, but yet our offense couldn't do shit again. Gary, and that- Gary is angry right now, and I love it. Being at the game, it was extremely frustrating. It felt exactly like the Michigan game again. We we kept stopping them, and just our offense couldn't take advantage of the moment. Yeah, it's exactly what I thought would happen, man. The, the defense played good. They played more than good enough to win the game. But you keep trotting them back out there after going three and out, maybe only getting three to five plays every single offensive series, they're going to wear down, especially when we're handing them the best field position, you know, ever. You know, if we're punting out of the back of our end zone, we're punting from our one or two every time, they were bound to score some points. So I mean, it's not it's not surprising to me that this happened, and I I agree with you. I think it rests squarely on the coach's soldier, uh, shoulders, because look what look what happened when Lombardi came right into the game, that last drive of the first half. I only saw the first half of the game on TV, but he looked he provided a spark that Brian Lewerke hasn't shown me in not even at the Penn State game. I would say I mean he showed a spark like he was ready to go out there, run people over, throw the ball through a wall, get this team a W, and you know. How, I agree with you. How can the coaches not see that before the game? How? 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 Because if you put him in there at the beginning of the game, you got a completely different outcome. There's no question about it. Well, that's what I'm saying. The momentum <laughs> of the game really swung yeah. with that, and it's never good when the opposing team's MVP of the game is the punter. Yeah, that's terrible. That's embarrassing. He was amazing, though. By the way, he was insane. It was it was very impressive. Especially he should win watching. the Ray Guy Award right now. Give it to him. Etch his name in the trophy. But, you know, everything with Rocky wasn't all hunky-dory, obviously. He missed some passes, but I think he gives us the best opportunity to win well, a football game. He also fumbled it twice, including once in the end zone. Freshman mistakes. True. And that's that's another point I want to make. So after that fumble in the end zone, they pulled Rocky again and put Lewerke back in. Why? What's the I don't purpose? Know exactly. what, what are you gaining from and that? The, and the point that I just still don't understand is, yeah, he may have made some mistakes, but was it the play calling that put him in that situation? Why are you going to put your redshirt freshman quarterback in a situation where he has a chance to potentially turn over the ball? Why are we handing the football off in like from a power eye formation? We're going shotgun. We were, I, I was listening to the game. When I was driving to Cleveland. I was listening to the game on the radio, and I heard we were going five wide out of the backfield from the one-inch line. Yep. Yeah, you're not giving your quarterback a lot of opportunity to make a good play. Maybe try and get some space. Hell, I'd run a quarterback draw with Lombardi. He's a big kid. Do something. Put the ball on the ground. It was just. It seemed stupid to me. Well, I mean, we couldn't run the ball, and that's <clears throat> been evident against good teams. We somehow just can't run against them. Well, I the mean, other thing that upset draw. me a little bit is, Something. like, yeah, Rocky fumbled twice, but Lewerke also fumbled two snaps in he the threw first. threw two picks, didn't he? He threw one pick, I think, and he fumbled two snaps in the first quarter. Oh, yeah. So One when he was out of shotgun. He just fell over, lost the ball, looked like Sokol. The th- and the part that is still a mystery 
is they keep telling us Lewerke isn't hurt, but it's clear he is injured. He's 100% injured. He has said it himself right after the coaching staff basically said if he was injured, he wouldn't play. Lies. 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 Bullshit. At this point, I will accept no other decision than shutting Lewerke down for the season. Yeah. Let Rocky take over. And we'll settle the QB competition next year. 100% agree with you on that. That's That's got to be that's the, the only, only way. logical decision. And why I'm the only one and maybe everyone else in Spartan Nation can see that is beyond me. It is so clear. Because what's our ceiling right now? The Outback Bowl? Like, yeah, you play you play the other kid. Shut him down. He's clearly hurt. We need him back. If he's going to be the starter next year, he needs to play like he played last season. Right. And, and on a higher level because right. Lombardi's only going to get better. Right. And if D'Antonio thinks he is the starter, why would you risk that? Why would you continue to play <laughs> yeah, him? Well, then you're just tarnishing his career. Exactly. Because yeah, I mean, look how our viewpoint is. Yeah. That's exactly what I've been saying. Why would you put him through that? And I guess I, I don't know if where I heard this, but I even heard there was rumblings that Lewerke was ready to shut it down for the year. Shut him down. LJ style. Shut him down. So, uh, getting pretty heated about this, but I just cannot watch this these decisions be made. And it, it completely ruined our chance for a successful season. The two most important games. Yeah, and, and on I'll, paper, and on paper, now they don't even look close. Yep. Even though we were very tight in both games uh, into the third quarter, you know, like midway through the third quarter, and then the defense is going to give out because they can't sustain that the entire game unless your offense is grinding the ball down the field and driving the football, which we weren't doing whatsoever. So can't fault the D. The D's elite. God bless them. Um, But something's got to happen on offense, and it starts with firing the boof. Dave Warner. I don't think you'll find one Spartan fan that will disagree with you on that statement. Good. We only need one person in Spartan Nation to agree with me on that statement. Because it has to stop. Coach D'Antonio, if you're listening, you probably aren't, but if you are. He definitely is. (laughs) Please, please fire that man. Yeah, we'll be so very- that you don't have to, so that you don't have to just taint what you've done, because he—that's all he's doing. Get rid of him. I think it now. Will, I think it will say a lot, depending on what happens at the end of the season, the decisions that are made. <clears throat> will D'Antonio put the success of the program and the team ahead of his loyalty? I think that's where we're going to find those uh, questions those out. Those are some. We might have to have some off-season podcasts if. Uh, some of that ends up happening, Gary. So, you know, another side point besides Dave Warner is the rushing attack. And, you know, we are continually, continuously dealing with offensive line injuries. And the list continued this week as Luke Campbell joined Matt Allen and David Beadle on the sidelines without uniform not playing this week, as well as Jalen Naylor. And after this game, Daryl Stewart. <laughs> so we can't really catch a break, but this was the fourth time MSU was held under 100 yards rushing this season, which is not a recipe for success by any means. averaging over 100 a game, so that's we should be having 100-plus every game. Yep. But 
there are there is news about LJ Scott will not be suiting up again this year, it sounds like. Shutting him down. And we'll get into the implications a little bit later, potentially on the mailbag. But they got to figure out how to run the ball against elite teams. It's one thing to run the ball against Maryland. It's another thing to run against uh, Ohio State or Michigan or a team like that, which we have not been able to do. I mean, nobody runs the ball against Michigan, though. No, I'm, Ohio State, on the Ohio other hand, State, Ohio State, on the other hand, I agree with you that we should have been able to run the football against should them. Should have been. <clears throat> Purdue hung what forty nine on them. It's unbelievable. So we hung six and we beat Purdue easily. Does not make sense. Nope. Nothing adds Baffles up. Baffles me. Stupid coaching. Yep. And with how this season has gone, I'm sure we're going to get some more surprises come this week for the oh. Nebraska game. Wait till you get ready for the prediction section, buddy. Wow. Is this foreshadowing a loss, potentially? We'll We'll see. see. We will see. So Nebraska has been competitive in most of their games this season. Took Northwestern to overtime, gave Ohio State a scare, beat Illinois and Minnesota, lost to Troy. My God. But they're definitely progressing, definitely getting better. They won last week, I think. Yeah, they beat Illinois last week. You just said that. Yeah, sorry, it's all right. Wasn't listening. Should have been. Pay attention. But it's not going to be a walk in the park. Never is when you go to Lincoln, Nebraska, for a football game. What time do we kick? Noon. I believe it's noon. That's good. I think that's more favorable than a night game in Lincoln. Yep, I'll take that. But the Corn Huskers are averaging thirty-two point three points per game this season, though they are scoring forty-five point eight. In their last four games. What are we looking at? More of a uh, pass-heavy offense or rush attack? They're pretty uh, diverse. I think that's pretty mixed. Adrian Martinez is throwing for 245.8 yards per game with 15 touchdowns and seven interceptions while also running for 535 yards. Their quarterback? Yep. Mm. With seven TDs. Okay. He threw for 290 yards and three touchdowns against Illinois and was 24-34 with an interception. So they definitely have the capability. I mean, it was against Illinois, who everyone has pretty much trounced. They're basically the doormat. They're they're basically Rutgers 1B. Cellar dwellers. So, but they do have some talented wideouts that have put up a, a pretty good amount. But after watching Josiah Scott and Justin Lane play this week, they played amazing. They are back to last year's. Yeah, they looked really probably good. Probably maybe a, a level above last year when they were uh, shutting down teams. I think Justin Lane stepped up. Oh yeah, big time this year. That was his best game of the year, I would say. But the question is going to come down to once again, can we score? That's really what it always comes down to. Yeah, can we? And we made Ohio State's defense, who couldn't stop anyone the whole year, look elite. Yeah, they held us a six points. Sick, sick joke. Good God. So, the Huskers. One thing they're good at, which we have to watch out for, is forcing turnovers, which we seem to we we seem to be very prone at that right yeah. now. We love to give the ball away. It seems, especially in the end zone. And yeah. the Huskers forced five turnovers during their win this week. And but they did the one thing that you can say is. <laughs> Illinois racked up 509 yards and 35 points in a losing effort. So without those turnovers, maybe Nebraska doesn't win that game. That's five turnovers. 
That's true. But I mean, turnovers are a part of the game. That's true. And they cap they capitalize off them. They've been the thing that we need to be worried about with this team is Nebraska's playing with confidence, and they're also playing for with nothing to lose. I mean, I mean, what they, do we have to lose at this point? Nothing, and that's why we, like you said, need to shut down the worky and play Rocky Lombardi. That's going to be a key component if we're going to win the game on Saturday. None of this shuffling of quarterbacks. If we shuffle quarterbacks, we're going to lose the game. I'm telling you right now. That shit happens. We're done. Yeah, I actually, I don't know if this is cheating or not, but I may have multiple predictions for this game. I was thinking the exact same thing. Did Has Mark D'Antonio said anything about who's starting a quarterback this week? Can uh, we get there? I don't think so. Not so, yet. Well, while we're recording this, and which is why on would Monday. He? And why would he? Well, yeah, well, sure. Yeah, he likes to keep it close to the vest. We all know that. Thanks, Coach D. Yeah. I don't talk injuries. <laughs> so, Well, we need. it's about time to start talking injuries. Yeah. Well, I do want to commend you, though. Uh, before we get into our predictions for this week, you did have a, a decent pick last week. For, you did. I told you Ohio State was going to cover, didn't I? Yep. You they did. You got that. And I, I guess I gave our offense a little too much credit by saying we'd score 17 points. That was just, I guess I was asking for a little bit too much. I gave our whole team too much credit, so there's that. You went a little high on us all year. I mean, have I? I mean, I did predict us to lose to Indiana earlier, but. True. But I was expecting, re- to be recent, honest with you, when I games. made that prediction, I expected Rocky Lombardi to start. Okay, that's fair. And that, I think, would have changed the complete complexion. So for this week's predictions, while we could give multiple predictions, what we're going to do with our prediction is we're going to say who's going to start at quarterback and how the outcome of the game is going to go. You're sticking with one. You're not making two. We're making one. Okay. Okay? Yep. What's the line on this game, Gary? Uh, the opening line is Michigan State minus one and a half. Favored by one and a half points. Against three and seven, Nebraska. Yep. Wow. How the mighty have fallen. Back to one and a half. You want to start this week? I mean, I have been starting. You've been starting, but we haven't been doing good. So maybe you should start this Let's week. Let's flip it back. Take okay. the momentum back. Bring it back Take over it to back. Clark. Bring it over here. Bring it over here. What do you got, Clark? <laughs> Rocky Lombardi's going to start this football game. We're going to take an early lead. Nebraska is definitely going to come back. We're going to be up 14 10 at halftime. Yeah, that's right. I said two touchdowns scored by the Spartans in the first half. That's a big deal for those listening. Nebraska is going to come back and take this lead 17 14. Then young Lombardi is going to drive us down the field late in the fourth quarter. He is going to find Matt Dotson. For the go-ahead score, Spartans defense, ice is it. We win this boy 21-17. Let's go. Back on track. Nice. Not a bad prediction. But if Lewerke does start. I mean, after watching last week, I don't ever see teams scoring 17 points on us. That's a fair point, Gary. That's a fair point. I'm assuming a punt gets we blocked. Held- I'm assuming a punt gets blocked. We kick, we have a three-yard punt. Something stupid happens for them to score those okay. points. No, okay? that's fair. Which you know we are prone to something stupid happening. So yeah, that's you're right. That that may have been, you know. No, I'm sticking no, with it. I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. I'm locked in. I'm locked in. I'm the guy that got the spread right last week. Okay, so I'm gonna get. I'm only gonna stick with one pick, but I'm gonna give you both my picks in both scenarios, and then I'll stick with one of them. If that makes sense. Just so you can look back and say, at least I said this. Well, I mean, if Lewerke starts, then yeah, I could say so that. So you're giving two picks. No, I'm st- going to tell you what my official pick is. So my first pick is going to This be- is real slick of you. No one's fallen for it, okay? <laughs> Everyone delete one from memory, okay? Give us both. This is we're the- going to delete one from okay. memory. Okay, okay. So 
if Lewerke starts. Oh, God, help us all. Yep. I'm looking at a low-scoring... Shithole of a game. Yep. Worse than this last week's Probably game. Probably 9-6. I'm looking at 13-10. Oh, God. Michigan State. God, I'll, I'll gouge my eyes out if that happens. That's Lewerke starting the entirety of the game. But Was that a Michigan State win? Yeah, it was a Michigan State win. 13-10. Wow. Whoa. Yep. But I'm having faith that this coaching staff will get a clue, finally. Get a clue, Coach D. Get a clue. Not optimistic, but I believe Rocky will start this game. Mm. And the offensive prediction will increase dramatically with, well, not dramatically, but enough. We'll turn it up a scotch. Yeah. So from 13 to 10, I'm predicting 24 to 10. Michigan State. I like it. I like it. Maybe we'll complete 50% of our passes this week. But that's the thing I was saying. Running the ball, we've actually had some success against the lower-tier teams. It's just the upper-tier teams, we have not had any success. Because we're not an upper-tier team right now. Yeah, we're a middle-of-the-road Big Ten team. Middle-of-the-road Wisconsin, Michigan State. We're not even, we're not we, even Northwestern. We're Holy shit. Yeah, Northwestern clinching the Big Ten West this weekend. Start of the season, 0-3, clinched the West. Lost to Akron. Lost to Akron. Won the Big Ten West. Better than the Spartans. Sad. So, last couple weeks, I've done my crazy talk segment. Hmm. I've had some haters hate on me about this. Are we going to bring it back? Well, I think I just want to state that maybe I'm the crazy one with all this crazy talk. That's fair. That's fair. The last two weeks, I've talked some outlandish things, and they've both been deflated almost immediately. At least you own it. So You're owning it right now, on air. We respect you for that. For this week, there will be no crazy talk. We're cutting the segment, just for now. Well, actually, I want to actually talk a little crazy. I want to know your opinion. What? Is the Big Ten going to have a college football playoff representative? Man. I think it's too early to ask that, but I mean it's I not think, too early. I to think ask anybody that, that thinks I think anybody left. that thinks if Notre Dame goes undefeated, that if Michigan wins out and beats Northwestern, that they should somehow jump Notre Dame is an absolute moron. Notre Dame handled Michigan with their backup quarterback at quarterback this season, so done. Enough said. Argument over. Um, so if the top three stands, you have Alabama, which I just do not see Alabama losing, even to Georgia in the SEC championship game. I think you have Clemson at number two. They're not losing in the ACC. That's certainly not happening. And I don't think Notre Dame's going to lose. I think there's your top three, and I don't think you should be able to change the top three. I think that should be staying uh, staying put. I think Michigan does control their own destiny, though. I think if Michigan beats Ohio State and they win um, against Northwestern, which they will, then they would be the fourth team. And they get to play Alabama in the first round, so have fun with that. I remember when you guys made fun of us a few years back. I can't wait to watch you lose. Do you think Ohio State gets in if they win? No, absolutely not. Why do you think that? I think they have too much ground to make up. They beat if they beat the number four team in the country. You don't think, they, and then they beat you could see a Northwestern and the you Big could Ten see Championship. Oklahoma go. Oklahoma's ranked ahead of Ohio State right now. There's a lot of arguments that could be made in that scenario. I think Michigan's the team that can get there from the Big Ten at this point. Yeah, and after watching Ohio State this weekend. No offense to them, but... I think Michigan's the better football team right yep, now. I would agree. That's, Defensively, that's, that's where they're going to be able to, I think, shut down Ohio State 100%. Like we did. So, it'll be interesting, and, you know, uh, in the one sense, like I mentioned last week, it was the only way Michigan 
going to the college football playoff would benefit Michigan State is we'd probably move up in the maybe the bowl pecking order potentially. I don't even care at this point. Put yeah. us in the point set bowl. I don't yeah. give a shit. Yeah, the season's pretty much lost. But a season that's just getting going. Mm. MSU basketball got to got to bounce back dub. Get up over a hundo. Put up over a hundo. I love seeing that. Yeah, it wasn't close like it was. Was that last year where it came down to the wire? One, it was a one point game. Yeah, this uh, is a little yeah. different story this year. So, but they did Florida Golf Close is a completely different team. I believe they lost their a lot top of their three score. scores. Yeah, yeah, so a lot different. But it was good to see Ward, Langford, and Winston leading the way as they should. Ward with twenty five and ten. That's that's what you'll want to see. Langford with eighteen and ten. Consistency from Josh Lankford, 18 in back-to-back games. I yeah, like that. that's good. And then uh, coming off the bench, McQu- or, well, McQuaid and, and Aaron Henry putting in 12-9, and nine, respectively. Yeah, I mean, I watched that whole game. Uh, my thing is this, with Nick Ward, starting with Nick Ward, let's start because he, he's one of the keys to the season, right? Yep. One thing I noticed with Nick Ward, sure, he dominated last night. He should have dominated. He should have 25-10 and 10 against a weak opponent like Florida Gulf Coast. What I want to see Nick Ward do is do this against big boy competition because he doesn't seem to do that. Michigan games last year. Remember the Michigan games? Big Ten tournament, the one right before where they beat us. We were winning at the beginning of the games and we fell apart because Nick Ward has an attitude. He didn't show an attitude last night. That was one thing I would show an improvement on because the guy got kicked out of a game with a flagrant foul on Nick Ward and he did not retaliate. So I was proud of him for that. But do this in big games, man. Where is this in big games? He dribbles into double teams. He gets flustered in the big games. Come on. Have some composure. Let's get some consistency, big fella. But I was happy to see him do that last night. Yeah, we still have yet to see Nick Ward dominate the post against superior competition. Yeah, Kansas owned him. Matter of fact, there was a difference in the game. And I think we we mentioned that last time. I think that's what we'll see is Nick Ward really have his way most of the time until we face a formidable front court. Yep, and that doesn't bode well deep in March. But I think better teams in the country all have very formidable front courts. Yep. But I think well, I think that does bode well for us, at least for Big Ten, because sure, yeah, no doubt, Big Ten is not very deep in that sense. But no, but I mean, I, I, there, I the one negative I think I would take away from this game is the eighty-two points. I don't like that yeah, at all. It's a lot. Don't like it. But Izzo did, uh, in regards to that, he did blast the, the NCAA. Officiating was terrible. Yeah. yeah, it was. He he put it on the NCAA. He didn't put it on the officiating though. And I kind of respect it because he's making a point saying, you know. The the officials have to do their job or they won't ref for the NCAA. Right. So it's the NCAA, the NCAA is the issue. The NCAA sucks. We all know that. Yeah, because these games, and I kind of felt this way last year, it's tough to watch when there's it's fouls impossible. being called. It's impossible. Especially in the college game where I think it may be a little bit more physical at times. I mean, I, I that's maybe not true, but... It, it's No, they let them get away with quite a bit more. Yeah. Well, then no, they do. They let them do that in the first half, and then they start calling these hand check fouls in the yeah. second half, and it slows the game down. Teams can't get in rhythm, and it is. I've talked to people, people I work with. I'm like, oh, you like college basketball? Are you excited? They're like, I don't watch college basketball anymore because the refs don't let them play the game. They go, there's no flow to the game. At least in the NBA, there is a flow to the game. Yeah, and it doesn't bode well for us if games come down to free throw shooting. Yeah, I haven't proven. It's been an ongoing issue, and I can't understand, especially with the field goal percentage we have why we can't shoot free throws it's just Asto- that is astounding very yeah. baffling did you see marcus bingham come in though did you see him shoot okay so he had two threes he played a limited role the kid's got a shot man i mean i understand why we're not red shirting him because i think at some point in the season 
he's going to play a role where if we need some quick points off the bench, you let him come in and you let it fly because nobody's going to be able to guard that. Six foot eleven, shooting threes. I mean, he's not he's not ready to play in the post. He can't defend in the post right now. But I'm telling you what, I I liked what I saw from his jumper. It was smooth, real smooth. And Aaron Henry continues to impress. Yeah, I think Aaron Henry is definitely going to be a factor. I think he could be running. A, he could be looking at a starting role midway through the season yep. because we all know. Kenny Goings, Gary's favorite player. Gar- Gary's favorite player. I mean, I know Gary loves him, but you know, it's just, not, last episode, it's just not. It's just not. There's no time to go back and listen to the last episode. We just move forward. So, Gary's favorite player. I mean, we all know Spartan Nation. I've been calling for him. Get him out of there. Get him out of there. I think Aaron Henry's going to end up being a starter there. Yep. Yeah, Bingham and uh, Henry are definitely boating well for the future. And another face in the crowd for that game that could be hopefully boating oh, well for our was future. In the Vernon Carey. Oh, on Big his Vern. second official visit. Yep. The only school that got two official visits. And I did hear his entire family came up with him from Miami. I'm not going to say anything. Read a lot. We'll it's hard to read into this, but let's uh, feels... let's actually get right into the mailbag because we do let's our right first in. question is actually directly to do with this. So oh, okay, yeah, and we actually we're going to allow Joe, our number one fan, Joe V from Colorado, to give us four questions. A RCR record. I know it's quite it's going to be exhausting. We'll try and get through them as quickly as possible, but we always appreciate two, him. Two football, two basketball. If you guys want to hear some other people. Read some mailbags. Maybe you should submit them yourself. Quick note before we do jump into this mailbag, I would like to officially announce that we have lifted the ban on Dean H. from Wayne. Dean, feel free to resubscribe to the podcast and uh, send us your comments. Mailbag questions specifically. But don't push it. You're on the terrorist watch list for RCR. I'll put it to you that way. So ask wisely. But getting into Jovi's first question, uh, we'll start. He's got two basketball, two football. So the first question has to do with Vernon Carey. What would you think if you were Vernon Carey and you experienced the football loss and the basketball win this weekend? Uh, if I was Vernon Carey, I wouldn't care about the outcome of the football game because you're not going to Michigan State to watch or play football games. So I wouldn't care. And he probably wasn't even there in the second half. Basketball recruits probably are there for the first half. They're there on the field beforehand. You know, if they shake Coach D's hands, left five with some of the players, take some pictures with fans. They're gone by the end of the first quarter, probably by halftime. They're touring the campus. They're doing what they're there to do. They don't care about the outcome of the football game. I know a lot of people like to think it lives and dies with that, but it doesn't. Um, I, if he was at the basketball game, I hope he enjoyed it, and I'm sure he did. I hope the student section got loud and started chanting his name. That's what I'm hoping for. Hopefully they made him feel welcome, but I don't think he could take anything negative away when he plays power forward and he saw Nick Ward go 25-10. and 10. It's promising. I agree. I agree with that. I don't think the football game has any effect on basketball recruits, but I think the atmosphere is probably what maybe they're looking for. So like you said, great student section turnout. Oh, wait, no, wasn't. I didn't see. So I'm talking about for the. You're talking oh, about football. Oh, football. oh yeah, football game oh, was basketball. atrocious. Oh, by basketball the way. definitely was there. But don't yeah, get me, always, don't get me started always on that. Definite changes need to may, be made for the football student section, but that's neither here nor there. But uh, the other question he had is: Has had we played Zion and Duke last week? Now the number one team jumping Kansas in this week's poll. Would we have fared better or worse than our game against Kansas? Is Duke the true number one this early in the season? I'll let you take this one, Gary. 
It's hard to say. I don't know how we would match up necessarily with Duke if it would be better. They're far more athletic than we are. Yeah, which I think I think it would have been a similar result. I think we I think still Kentucky's would have overrated. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the difference. I think we're better than Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So I think it would have been close, but probably, like I said, it would probably been a similar outcome than Kansas. I just think when we play teams that have a better front court and are more athletic than us, we're going to definitely struggle. And they certainly have a better front court than we do. Yep. I don't think anybody on our team is guarding Zion. So, I mean, here's the thing, though. Duke played out of their minds against Kentucky. Like, that was one of the best games I've seen a college basketball team play. Yeah. If we played against them, could be a similar outcome. Sure. So, we should be happy with the way we fought against Kansas, and we've made progress in the next game. So, Yep. And as Clark said last game, or uh, our last episode, it will be interesting to see how we play against other formidable teams. 100%. UCLA. That's coming up. Yep. Coming up soon. Nice. Uh, And let's get into his football questions. Uh, from Joe, he said, where do you draw the line between coaching, Dave Warner, and player performance, Lewerke and Sokol? When does the blame shift? I think the blame has shifted at this point. I think we touched on this already today in the podcast, especially with you at the beginning. Hopefully you guys all listened to that at the beginning. Gary gave his two cents on where we stand with the coaching staff. I think this, I think it's already shifted, and I'll let Gary touch on it a little bit more. Yeah, I think you got to put your players in the position to win regardless of injuries. You, you know who can do what. You We're not in practice every week, so what the coaching staff is seeing versus what we're seeing on the field, I can't imagine that it's that drastically different. Yeah, how could it be? How could Brian Lewerke be throwing dimes in practice and then he can't even throw a screen pass in a game? Exactly. So that is where now I am starting. And for Dave Warner, we've seen this. We've been calling, Clark's been calling for his head for years. Years. Too long to remember. So I'm, I'm getting gray hair calling for Dave Warner's, Dave Warner's head. I mean, it's going to have to happen soon. Yep. That's why I said it will be very, very telling what happens at the end of the season with Dave Warner. Will D'Antonio's loyalty. Oh, God. I don't think about it. I hope he makes the right decision for himself on the program. Well, we can hope. And another question. We talked about this a little bit earlier, and we're going to get into it now. LG Scott. And Joe wanted to, to throw a little joke in here in his question. He it's said, actually hilarious. Will LJ Scott still be playing at MSU when my niece is there, class of 2036? Seriously, though, is the fifth year good or bad for MSU? So as I said earlier, LJ will be shutting down, and he'll be redshirting in preparation that he gets the redshirt and is ready to go for next year. I don't see any reason healthy. why he wouldn't get it. And I don't think there's anything negative about him coming back. I mean, he can't, when he's fully healthy, he's a hell of a football player. I mean, having a loaded backfield, put him and Hayward back there, I'm not upset about it. I'm not upset about it at all. I mean, I, I'm fine with it. We need leaders on the team. But then again, you're also, you know, reducing the opportunities for a Connor Hayward. Sure, for freshman Ladarius coming in, Chad, coming Jefferson, freshman, yeah, yeah, who could be potentially better. What happens if next year there is a running back competition? Is D'Antonio going to play the same card he's been playing with the quarterbacks? Even if there's a quarterback that's outperforming, very valid um, counterpoint, Gary. Yeah, very valid even if there's a, a running back that's outperforming in practice, is he going to start LJ Scott over? Make him? no promises. Make no promises. That, Tell him he's going to have to earn his spot on the, on the field. Yeah, best best guy plays. That's yeah. what I don't I'm understand. With I'm with you. It's very frustrating. All right, our next question is coming in from Burge from Chicago. Uh, he says, "I'm done glossing over the offense." 
Their failures might not be all dopey Dave Warner, but it's clear the O needs new blood leading it. What is more likely, MD making the necessary change, or will MD allow DW to ruin his legacy and just go down with the ship? Gary, what do you think? I mean, we just kind of talked about it, but... What's your prediction, though? What do you think he's going to do? I think Burgess is looking for a commitment here. I think eventually the noise, especially for how this offense finishes the year, the noise with the fan base is going to be too loud to not make a decision and do something about it. Yeah, he has to. How much are you going to take? Everyone sees it except you. (laughs) Yeah, man. I... I've already told you, like, you know, you and I are good friends. If you weren't doing your job like that and my business was suffering, this is Mark D'Antonio's business. Whether we like to look at it like it isn't or not, it is a business. If your business is suffering, you get rid of him. He's got to go, man. It's it's insane. I think he will do the right thing. I think, Burge, I want you on Twitter. Hashtag and fire Warner. I know you've already done it. Keep it doing it. We all need to make a lot of noise and get rid of Dave let's, Warner let's this offseason. Let's get the hashtags flowing, people. And this will uh, actually segue right into our last question. This is from another one of our biggest fans, Patty Blake. In we Lake Orion, cl- Clarified. I think I said commerce last time. Ah, so, Lake Orion. Yep. Lake Orion. So we already kind of discussed this as well, but we'll finish with this because this is going to dictate the game. Lewerke or Lombardi behind center versus Nebraska. If Lombardi is the QB of the future, why not give him the experience now? Mm, great question. Totally agree. And I'd like to think our coaching staff isn't stupid enough to trot Lewerke out there again. Um, we both predicted Rocky Lombardi, to start. Lombardi. Great question though, Patty Blake. I'm all on team Lombardi right now. Yep. I will be ready to write off this entire coaching staff. If Lewerke starts the next game. I mean, I already have started to, but I yeah, will completely have any more, be done. Can't have any more shape shifting. Can't do it. No, we're done with it. So we're hoping to get a big dub against Nebraska and Lincoln. Finish the season out strong, looking at hopefully eight and four because we've already locked in the last game of the year as a win. Just locked. Yeah, just that enough. was our lock of the season. Remember? And for some reason, finally, they're giving us a four o'clock game on Fox for, for Rutgers? Rutgers. For what? Some- that game won't end until 8 p.m. That's unbelievable. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, they want us, us to suffer. They've given us noon games for every big Why game of the Rutgers year. Why can't Rutgers be a noon kick? That's unbelievable. <laughs> they are really torturing Spartan fans. That's insane. And those who have... Total turnout at that game. Capacity is, what, 72,000 in Spartan Stadium? 50K. <laughs> Calling it now. Zero students attend that game. What about the loss uh, at Nebraska? 45K. <laughs> We might go down to 40K if that happens. Half a stadium. Well, we're hoping uh, the coaching staff listen to the Red Cedar Rundown and they make the right decisions. Get and, it done. Let's and, go. Uh, we have a good week and we're a little bit more positive. And uh, we'll continue to talk uh, basketball. And as we get into the thick of the season, hopefully that will lift our spirits a little bit more as well. I agree. So with that, that's going to wrap up our episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Keep Telling your friends, keep telling your Spartan alumni. I'll say every keep telling them. Spread the good word. Come on, get our Twitter followers up, people. Let's get this going. Spread the word. Tell them to follow the accounts, please. Thank you. So, with that, as always, go green, go white.